Okay, everybody, welcome to Tales of Recovery. Uh, my friend Marcela, Chef Marcela Valladolid, is back here with us today. And this is going to be a really fun and, I think, healing healing talk, healing therapy show. This is not the therapy show. Well, Tales of Recovery. We're sí. recovering our health back, right? Exactly. Exactly. So one of the reasons that Marcela came by is because we were chit-chatting on Instagram about some of the physical actions yeah. that you got to take in order to, um, I think, to be proactive about your, not just your physical health, but mental health and the wellness in general. Yeah. Being that nowadays you, you don't feel good, you go to the doctor, here's a pill, they, t- you know, they cover up the symptom, but nobody really gets down to the root of how much we can do on our own yeah. to advocate for our own health, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I was having one of those, well, there's a little backstory. I actually uh, had an explant surgery. I had my implants removed. Mm-hmm. And in the process of having them removed, I was ap- actually not able to exercise for like four weeks. Yeah. But I got lazy in all regards. So it's like I was not doing the water. I was not doing the anything. I was just like. Uh, On vacation. Comp- I was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to. I can't put up. Got too much going on. I, you know, I wasn't exercising. I wasn't doing anything. So I started to feel a lot of the symptoms of my anxiety come back and come back a little bit stronger. And I realized that I wasn't doing any. I posted the list and we can go through it. And I was like, all of these things that I was doing that were merely lifestyle changes. It wasn't anything dramatic. Just by having taken those out of my daily routine, how it was affecting my emotion, my my, my emotional, my spiritual, my mental well-being. It was just like, it was very dramatic. So what are some of your symptoms of anxiety? Um, the symptoms of anxiety? Mm-hmm. I think for me, and we talked about this before you hit the record button, I... Um, the mental chatter is a huge one. Feeling like I'm existing in fight or flight, um, heart palpitations, uh, this impending feeling of something can go horribly wrong at any moment, or something can trigger the feeling, the strong, the darker feelings of anxiety that I've had in my life. Um, I think the biggest one for me, and the reason that I've that I've always sought out these alternative healing experiences is because I feel when I'm in that headspace that I lose the connection to the ones that I love. Mm. I feel very disconnected from my children and from Philip when I'm in those states. Like I am unable to, obviously I'm unable to give, so I'm unable to receive. Yeah. So I feel very isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I can talk to my partner Philip about all of these things, it doesn't matter. Like when you have it, it, it you it's feel the isolation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the, the feelings that started sort of creeping up. The hardest one is how it affects my sleep. Um, and I just, you know what? I was like, come on, get back on the horse and do the things that you know how to do. The, the ones that are easy, that aren't as, you know, will go, like I said, down the list. And just by attacking those very simple things and making an effort daily to attack those things, I immediately saw a change in you know, and how I felt. So, okay. Can we share the list? Yeah. 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 And that's, and that was the conversation that we had on Instagram. And I'll tell you like the reason, cause it all started or this, this, the idea for us getting together again is because at the end of those posts in that conversation, I said, Oh my God, I need to podcast about this. And you said like, well, just come on the podcast. Come on the podcast. Um, (laughs) but 
the um I was I there's certain things like I never know when I'm gonna get overwhelmed with messages. And that was one of those things where women, because statistically I know who follows me on Instagram, it's puras mujeres como nosotros. It's all women like us. Um, over 40, um, uh, moms, uh, you know, like all of us Trying are kind of in the same, mucha Latina, a lot of Latinas, like all of us are kind of in the same cultural headspace, right? Um, and I was overwhelmed by the amount of messages that were saying, this exact same thing happens to me or making these recommendations or asking to go a little bit deeper on one of the points. Like it was a massive onslaught of women that had so many doubts and questions and uh, felt validation because I shared these things and like I've never seen it like, you know, spread out like this before. And another thing that I mentioned to you before is like, I'm not anti-medicine. I take my thyroid meds every day. I've been to the ER with my kids plenty of time. I had an OBGYN fill up for my kids. Like, I'm, I love yeah. modern medicine. Like we need modern medicine, right? But at the same time, I visited many different doctors for many different ail ailments in my life from psychologists to endocrinologists to a, a myriad of specialists to just kind of deal with human processes. Mm -hmm. None of them have ever addressed the list How that I'm- your stress? Nothing. Or, or these minimal changes. You asked me to go through the list and I'll tell oh, yeah. you, I took a screenshot, but like, this is never discussed. I remember you asked me also about my thyroid. And very quickly, I'll get this to this in a, back to this in a second. Before I was diagnosed correctly, again, I did blood work. I went to a few different doctors, but the blood work didn't measure my thyroid. It kind of measured that you have to be specific and say specifically test my thyroid for it to be tested. Um, and all the testing we couldn't come to the conclusion like this was 20 years ago it's not like today that everybody has a thyroid thing like 25 years ago when i got diagnosed like they just didn't know what it was right mm -hmm. um so i ended up in a psychiatrist's office and my sister has been very open about her relationship with psychiatric drugs this was her doctor she recommended this person and i i remember i sat in that office he was an older gentleman probably 80 or older it was a two-minute conversation, and he prescribed, yeah, a psychiatric drug. I am not kidding. It was a yeah. two-minute conversation. Yeah. Two days later is when I was like, no, this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Like, this this isn't it. Like, I, I don't, uh, this isn't it. This isn't the solution. Just Would it give you antidepressant or anti No, me dio, the one that was, it was, the one that was in, in that Prozac. Prozac, yeah. Uh-huh, back mm -hmm. in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember thinking, no, that ain't it. That ain't it. And two days later, I'd ended up at, at the hospital as a cardiac patient because my thyroid was so overactive that my heart was, you know, basically jumping out of my jumping chest, out. got radioactive iodine, blah, blah. But the point is at, at no point in that conversation did him or any of the doctors ask any questions about my mental health or any of the silly little things that I'm going to address in this list. And again, this is my list. It's not your list. Right, right, right. No es la lista de Pancho, ni de Pedro, ni de Sally, ni de Karen. But thank you for sharing your list. Thank you. It's my list. Um, quit caffeine, exercise every day. And for me, that includes the sauna, which I know is a luxury, but that's just my reality. Uh, Nutrient-dense food, no gluten, low sugar. Uh, put the phone down and grab a book and read at least 60 minutes a day. 
don't consume any media that's not aesthetically pleasing. Um, and I'm like, I'm serious. Like when I'm in the state, I literally just look at like good, nice architecture and like floral design. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Speak to your people. Uh, in this weekend I was going, I was, I was, it, it was feeling it and he was out of town and he wasn't supposed to come back until Sunday. He came back Saturday night. So the support system is super important to establish that support system. Mm-hmm. Um, sound healing. I hadn't been able to sleep well for a few days and Michelle, my sister-in-law came over and did a sound healing for me and Philip and my cousin. And it was the first time I slept well that night in weeks. Like it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, contact with nature. And then um, hydration was really, I, I made an additional list, but it was hydration. And I don't remember what the last one was. I'll remember later. But hydrate, hydration and sleep. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're, they're so simple, but also, um, I think one of the one of the reasons that I love that list and the simplicity of it is it kind of also throws up in your face how like, oh, it's so simple, but ¿por qué no lo hago? Well, like, you know. Pero 100%. And I was sitting having caffeine erroneously before I came and saw you. I confessed <laughs> to drinking a Coca-Cola, which is so bad. We all mess up. We all mess up. But listen. I was like, let me just do some Googling while I'm sitting here having my soup at like Nordstrom, but dehydration, right? Like for me, that's why I knew um, that the list was important because in that month that I was dealing with the recovery from the explant, I stopped doing the thing that I do every day, which is I wake up in the morning, I fill a giant jug of water, put my electrolytes in there and carry it all day and just Mm -hmm. refill with water. Mm -hmm. I only do electrolytes once. And I stopped doing that. And when I was in that moment, and I put the electrolytes back and the water back in my daily. Obviously, it didn't fix everything, but I came back at about like 30% just with water and the electrolytes, which is nuts. So I was Googling today. Dehydration saps your brain and brain's energy. Dehydration impedes energy production in your brain. Many of your brain's functions require this type of energy. Um become inefficient and can even shut down. The resulting mood disorders that result from this type of dysfunction can be categorized as depression. Yeah. Yeah. Drink your water and electrolytes. Dehydration stresses the body, lowering blood pressure and making your heart beat faster. It can make you feel dizzy and lightheaded, which may mimic symptoms of anxiety. Ya sabes. O sea, there's all this information. There was so much. Like, I could read forever. But, like... I always feel, when I'm feeling like dizzy, que digo, yeah, I'm, something's happening. I'm getting a stroke. My way I'm ready. Oh, I haven't had water. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I didn't grow up with it. Philip, my me part, my life partner, mm-hmm. um, literally he needs a tattoo on his forehead that says hydration because that's all he yells at the kids all day. So Water, water, water. Todo el día. Yeah. Todo el día. Yeah. And even when I'm out with him, he'll be like, yeah? Yeah. You know, and with the kids. So it's a new culture. I didn't grow up drinking water at all. Mm-hmm. I could go three days without drinking water. So it's been a retraining for me in terms of using this. And the only thing that got me to do it was the anxiety. And, you know, and now, and now information. No? Now you guys know you have information. A lot of the drinks we do drink is... Is, it does a contrary effect, like soda, caffeine, you know, even like green teas, whatever. So one cup of coffee, two cups of water. Una soda, drink your water, you know. Well, you shouldn't drink soda, but once in a while you can drink soda. Pero agua, agua, no? Porque it takes the, um, you think you're drinking water, but you really are drinking something that's 
doing the reverse effect. Yeah, actually yeah. depleting uh, whatever minerals, nutrients that your body needs. But you mentioned caffeine. In that process, I also started this whole little ritual of you know drinking this caffeine, un café normal, like a normal coffee with Philip in the mornings with uh, this great mocha pot that I got that I discovered that was amazing. <laughs> yes, I mm -hmm. And yeah, it got progressively worse. I mean, while the side effects of caffeine and anxiety can be alike, you can't get anxiety directly from caffeine. But drinking coffee can make anxiety symptoms worse. Research shows that in people with panic disorder, caffeine consumption raises the risk of having a panic attack and increases levels of anxiety. And it's reported, like, anxiety will activate your fight-or-flight response. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, all these little things, and I've got little quotes on all of them from, like, medical um, research about what happens when you don't have access to sunlight what happens when you drink caffeine and you have anxiety what happens when you don't drink water what happens when you don't exercise what happens when you don't sleep like those it seems so simple but it's so complex but that has a massive at least in me effect on how I feel yeah every day yeah and that's that's my homework like I wake up with this like the water here we go outside in the sun hands in the garden a tea, ya no tomo café. I mean, once in a while if I go someplace, but it's yeah. mostly, you know. Um, ¿Qué voy a hacer? Gym, yoga, or walk, or the beach, or algo físico. Yeah. Y en la no and, and at night, I start with, like, okay, what time am I going to go to bed? Because I have to have eight hours. So, you know, it's just, and, and I used to think, oh, you got to stop being so obsessed about it and let it go. But it works for me. Yeah. And I don't have to go take, you know anti-anxiety antidepressants exactly. which if you need those yeah, if you bless. need those god bless and and also you whatever if you need those you need those i think those are great for temporarily yeah. getting over a specific comp while you go in and touch some of the issues that are bringing this up right mm -hmm. but um but yeah so all of these like exercise water um also nutrition like i have mm -hmm. i had these kids over here the other day and they wanted to eat takis Mm -hmm. Well, the food colorants also and cause red. anxiety. Yeah, 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 100%. They're poisoning us. Yes. And so it's like there's there's not enough, I think, information on... Uh, and my mom would, just, would always used to tell me, you know, esas papitas son veneno. But I used to think, well, she just doesn't want me to eat them because she doesn't want me to get fat. Right. But it was a okay. big thing, like the whole diet culture. But now I realize, no, these food colorants and all these things, they actually do affect... Um, because we're, you and I are sitting here talking to women that are our age, más o menos, you know, but the kids, um, you know, oh, who cares? The kids are young. They're going to figure it out. The kids are, yeah. I think, having one of the most, um, I mean, the highest rate of suicide is teenagers yeah. in the United States, you know, and so are they drinking water? Mm -hmm. Are they getting enough sleep? Are they no, getting enough food? they're not food? getting the proper nutrition. They're not getting mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. They're not getting anything. I, I noticed a lot, um... I'll get to my thought on kids, and I'm not an expert, obviously, but uh, what I saw when I was recently, I speak at schools on occasion, but I'll also, like, when I do these posts, um, when it comes to kids, I always say they're innocent because they don't have access and they don't have information. They have their yeah. parents, right? Yeah. So they're victims. Yeah. But when it comes to adults, what I noticed, and that's why I'm always so careful with my language, is that 
some people just don't want to do the work, which is totally fine. No, it's not. Which, Everybody needs to do the work. No, but what I'm saying is, like me, like I went and had my coke today, and I and I and it's important that I say that I'm I'm not 80, immune. 20, right? 80, 20. 80, 20. But I'm not delusional. So that when I'm when I was sitting there having my coke, saying that that was self care in any way, shape, or form, saying that those indulgences. And I think that's what's a little bit wrong with the culture today is all of this messaging that says um, this confusion about loving your body or accepting your body means uh, mistreating your temple, Mm -hmm. right? And it's such a fine line and it's such Mm -hmm. a sensitive topic, but I see it when I post about it because I get the pushback, right? Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, I'll get a really aggressive, very angry comment back that they don't want to address themselves. So I will be directly called insensitive or an elitist or not taking into consideration like food islands and all these things. And I will be like, I don't think you're DMing me about food islands. Right. I think you're DMing me about you. Mm-hmm. So that you, when you, if you and I want to talk, if you want to talk about me and you and we can have this conversation about us, like let's do that. But don't bring the entire socioeconomic state of like, California so that you can just say I don't want to do this I don't want to do this work it's too difficult it's too tiring I don't have the energy I don't have the resources like let's have that conversation you know because you can blame you can play the blame game a hundred percent and it doesn't really work totally Um, and it's and I've never at any point said it has anything to do with laziness I think it has to do with trauma or lack of information, or lack of access, or resources. Yeah, I mean, I'm in this program with Solidarity Farms and the Food Shed, and they have, and I'm learning, you know, all about farming in one month. It's like an intensive program, and these people, Solidarity Farm, and what they're doing is the access of um, locally grown organic food to everyone. So every, if you think you don't That's have amazing. access, look up Solidarity Farm, go look up Food Shed. They sell all of their products on a sliding scale, and they, they have all these organizations with uh, all these connections with different local farmers. So you can go to the food shed here in City Heights. And if you want to pay top shop man, you know, money, 25% over the price, you can. Or you can pay the price or you can pay underneath. So it's a sliding scale where they give opportunity to everybody to have access to fresh, um, organic, homegrown, or locally grown fruits and vegetables. Yeah. They're even working with Medicaid that the, uh, the doctor can now prescribe you. It's called a fruit and vegetable plan, something or other. I had no idea. That's yes. amazing. And so you, you can, you know, I guess some people are moving. Uh, some people are in this movement. The government and some of the stuff is horrible, but there is a movement of actually, or I, smart people trying to do something for I, it, you know. I get it, and I think that's amazing, but I think you have to take so many steps back and... And focus on like culture and education because no matter awesome. how you can bring the horse to the water, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're not going to eat the lettuce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'll give you a horrible, yeah. a horrible observation that's hard to listen to. Yeah. But I go to, I speak at schools with kids um, a lot. It's like my favorite thing to do, hang out with kids and talk to them about food. But um, I obviously do this at my kids' schools as well. My kids go to private school. Mm-hmm. They just do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if I went to public school, but whatever. The thing is, for the littles, we chose the school, this great school. We love the school. We love the teachers. We love the whole thing. And the other day, I uh, 
I got back to back a visit to a low income elementary school in my area. And then a couple days later, I had my son's music recital. Mm -hmm. And I said to Philip, like, it is so, and I notice this every time I go to low income area public schools or high schools. I do high schools, I do elementary schools, I love going to schools, I do it all the time. It is so sad to just, just, just optics, the children and the um, obesity or just overweight comparison mm. to the children that I see in the private school compared to the children that I see in the public school sector. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a very small study. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the numbers are nationwide. Well, I'm just yeah. telling you what I see in my community and the private schools that I've seen, which is a horrible example. Yeah. But that is the reality. The discrepancy of access. Uh, the discrepancy of access of education, of parents that are working three jobs, that even if they did have access to that program that you're talking about, when are they going to cook the food? Yeah. Right? Are they going to meal plan? Like, I think it's so, there's, there's so much there, and I don't know what the solution to that is, and I think children are a whole different beast and a whole different ballgame. Um, yeah. but yeah, really, really, really sad, really yeah. sad. And that's why I love those opportunities because my, you know, mi, mi granito de arena, my contribution is to try and plant that seed as young as I can with the kids that I have access to yeah. say, you know, this is good for you. Yeah. This yeah. is a good food. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. the way. And having, yeah, I guess gardens at the school and uh, yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's the other thing. To, to bring it back to your list that you were, I like the way you said about um, soothing, you know, I don't look anything that's not, como dices? Uh, aesthetically, yeah, aesthetically pleasing. pleasing yeah. right? And one of the things that that does is, is soothing to the body. So whatever you can do to soothe the nervous system totally, is to tend to the body because yeah. a lot of the times, you know, most of this, he says, well, when I went to the doctor, nobody asked, did you drink water? Are you eating good food? Are you not eating color red takis all day? Yeah. yeah. Are you drinking caffeine? But they never really ask, and this is part of the training that I'm in, is like, um, do you have childhood trauma? Yeah. Right? Were your parents alcoholics? Yeah. You know, were your parents screaming at each other all the yeah. time? Did they have a divorce at early? So all of these things that happen to us that are, like you said, normalized in culture. Mm -hmm. Oh, they threw the chancla at me. Ha, 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 totally. that's just what happened. You sí, know? No llores, maricón, porque eres niño. Uh -huh. uh, terrible. The language mm -hmm. that for boys, for women, calladita te es más bonita. Mm -hmm. Like, culturally, we're so screwed in that regard. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the things that are, is important to look at, too. Like, not that you need to go to the therapy to figure it out, but to notice why... These things can hold you back yeah. from wanting to do the work, from wanting to drink water and take care of the la chava que te dijo. You know, the one people start getting in a fight with you. It's like it's not necessarily your fault, but this is culturally we have a very culturally traumatic experience yeah. as Mexican people. Yeah. Um, in terms of, of what's normalized. In terms of what's normalized. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, from. I was, uh, I partook in a gambo ceremony. I'm cool with talking about it. I don't care. Yeah, but anyway, okay. it's, it's traditional plant medicine. We don't have to get into it. But he... <laughs> Most people here uh, They know about it. Uh, I think it's awesome. But yeah. anyway, he, um, the practitioner, shaman, whatever word you want to use, uh, he was telling me that he, he's, his studio is in an area that unfortunately has a lot of uh, 
homelessness, uh, people struggling, and you can see the addiction. You can see you can see a lot of struggle in that area of San Diego. And as a healer, he was like, I, I wanted to get to the bottom of like what was going on here. And um, he said one of the hardest addictions that he that he feels that he has to deal with, and it's crazy that he put these both in the same category, was alcohol and meth. Those were the two ones that were are the hardest to rid your body of, according to him and his practices and his mm-hmm. forms of healing. Um, but he was saying that the majority of the people, and I'm saying this because of how alcohol is so normalized and trauma is so normalized in our culture. He was saying that the mm-hmm. majority of the people on that street, because it's a long street here in San Diego, he's like, people want to, you know, kind of, point in the direction of meth or these drugs that are whatever, these new drugs or whatever. And he's like, all of that is rooted in alcohol and childhood trauma. This entire street is rooted in alcohol and childhood trauma. Um, Unhealed, which became a bigger addiction. Like, but the gateway was childhood trauma and alcohol abuse. Yeah. Which in our culture is like, you know, I had my first tequila when I was 14. 13 at my parents house from my my, my dad's barrel yeah and that was normal no it's super normal yeah like you know my daughter would i remember like in high school yes i was don't do drugs don't smoke pot and and my mom got super sick she had a stroke and the only medicine that would help actually help her release anxiety and calm down was marijuana yeah so you know all of a sudden you know i realized i knew my kids smoked pot i mean i was smoking it when i was 14 15 as well but, you know, the whole trauma of, oh, no. Si. Um, and then I just started to think, okay, she doesn't drink. I was going to say, I have come one, 360, like around the circle, understanding that I'd rather a kid smoke weed than drink alcohol. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred million percent. And maybe not too, too young, because I do understand no, that no. the brain development. Yeah. But, but I got to the point of realizing, like, okay, everybody, it's okay that the kids come over and that they're having wine or a beer with dinner with the parents at 14, 15, 16. And here I am, and I told Julio, because Julio was like, no, we can't just accept it. I'm like, but we're not connecting with her. She has to hide. She has to go to my, and she's connecting with grandma for sure. Yeah. Todos los días, no? I'm with grandma. Of course sí. you're with grandma. Yeah, chill. Getting high as, you know. Sí. Um, and, but, you know, but then we get to, we miss out on this. This I also think this is like a cultural trauma thing of these hierarchies. No, I'm over here. I know better. You're a tiny little kid, and I don't care about your opinion if you do what I say. Right. Instead of connecting, opening up, and seeing, hey, what's going on? And yeah, I think it's a lot um, less troublesome or less dangerous than alcohol. I think alcohol. The I have. I'm so. That's I'm, the I'm five years so, sober. Mm. Very proud of that. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, it is now looking back the what happens when you're when you're intoxicated yeah. forget about physically you're literally poisoning your body i'm not going to get onto that bullshit like it's too much it's too long and it's too annoying and people don't want to hear it like <laughs> but like how you become as a woman like incapacitated as a woman as a young woman you know what happens to the our risk. bodies, the risks in those moments, what we do, how we fight, the aggression, how, you know. Who you get in bed with when you're like, you what get the in, hell? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy that we've normalized that entire process for our children, that we're okay. 
on this side, it's so funny because we're on the border, right? So we get to see like culturally the differences in, in the, the San Diego kids. You know, growing up in Tijuana, we always said, oh, the Americans, they do drugs. Y la marihuana. And when the American kids, and we were only allowed to hang out with the Mexicans. But I saw my kid, Fao. He's like the United Nations. He has people from all. He, that's one of his, his most beautiful qualities. He has friends from everywhere. everywhere in San Diego, on planet Earth, every color, every shape, every nationality. That's the most amazing thing about this kid is he will bring home anyone and everyone from he makes a friend he'll bring him home which is such a beautiful thing yeah. and the difference the massive difference between the the circle of friends or the Tijuana families was the amount of alcohol that was actually okay and served to them by the families mm-hmm. and there's no judgment there I I, 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 I I might not do it myself I don't serve I didn't serve them alcohol when they were 14 or 15 years old. Like, that's not my jam. If it is yours, then God bless. But, like... But check into it, right? Check into it. Because it's a in. cultural thing it's a cultural that we think thing. it's okay and we're traumatizing. It's it. so many things that we've... It's just... And that's a whole podcast in itself. When you were talking <laughs> about, like, the aesthetic of pleasing, yesterday I posted a very small line which got so much of attention in DMs. It's like, uh, P.S., I can't believe that they made that Dahmer series on Netflix, the serial killer one. Mm. And you know Rick Rubin, the producer? I mean, I've seen his name. but I've seen uh, He's awesome. He's this massive, he's a white guy producer. He's older, He but he's produced everybody from like Run DMC, Aerosmith. Like he's been around forever. Mm. The biggest names. And he's like, I think he's like one step away from being enlightened, but that's just me. You'll love him. I'll send you um, his, uh, the documentary on his music studio. But I was listening to him on a podcast the other day, Con, con Gonzalez Iñárritu, the Mexican mm, director. Okay. Great conversation. But he was saying that he doesn't watch TV because he doesn't like to have those negative energies like in his body. Like He just doesn't want it. And I was like, oh, it's so great to have that validation. Like yeah. I thought I was being weak or no, stupid. Or, so I was going, like, every once in a while, I do enjoy like a murder mystery. I'm not going to lie. But like, it's crazy crazy how we've normalized the most violent and horrific and weird ass things as entertainment how is that not going to mess up our central nervous system i think we're drawn to it because of all the trauma and so when you watch this almost a comfort you're used to it it's like my quesadilla when i was a kid exactly yeah it's like you're used to this type of chaos that hit yeah i I understood what you said when you said that it's the trauma so it's you're watching it and you know, you go, oh, I'm gonna go back to sleep. I wonder why I'm having these crazy dreams. Well, you just watch seventy five people get killed. Yeah. 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 No, I I mean that was like the the bad crazy person here because I just I'm like, I'm not gonna watch that. I'm not gonna watch that. And Hula likes to watch these like, you know, how they rescued how the Navy SEALs went and rescued all these people and, and I said, No, we para que we have this. I watch like, them. Mm-hmm. I watch the sixty minutes murder mysteries. It's oh, terrible. I've gotten better. Well. Once in a while, I'll sit yeah. there with him, and I begin to notice. And I think I'm just so in tune with like trying to calm down my nervous system, trying to calm down this the fight or flight, like the yeah. trauma, that I sit there and I just begin to, to sense like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, it's getting a little it's weird. Me, it's getting yeah. a little weird. And then, oh, I'm getting so excited because it's exciting. It grabs your attention. Yeah. And all the adrenaline comes up. Yeah. And then you're you're like, yeah, and not even maybe smiling. You might be over here grabbing the blanket, freaking out. But your body is um, 
is is getting so full of adrenaline and these hormones yeah. that you're just it's it's it's, it's I'm not going to say it's comfortable but it's something that we're used to yeah and I mean I think so, I think as a form of entertainment like okay fine I could fine like I could deal I like Marvel but, movies but I think <laughs> but you know what I think I think but even those movies yeah, like crazy how you create some sort of immunity to those massive levels of violence I think that's what's weird about it that now we can read these horrific things in the news and just keep scrolling because it's yeah. so much and it's so violent and it's so normalized yeah. that we you know that it's just a part of uh, you know, just because something is normalized and part of our day-to-day doesn't mean it's actually good for us. Yeah, or that it's um, not affecting, you know, your anxiety, your depression, your mood, the your sleep patterns, the whole, some of the things that are on your list. Yeah. You know, because it's not aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the counterpart of that is I think it takes a lot of work to, you know, to turn that back and to actually be like okay with watching a nature show, like I literally like to watch National Yeah, and not be bored with it. And not be bored yeah. and just notice, right? you know, just notice how your body feels different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but that's such a cool thing. My cousin Esteban made me aware of, of that, of that part of your state of being and what media you can consume. Because I have these intense conversations with my cousin sometimes and they say, Chela, they call me Chela. He's like, when I'm in that dark space, I can't listen to music. And I was like, oh my God, how many times have I gotten in the car and have been like, I can't even deal with music right now. I can't even I can't even digest yeah. or receive music right now. So after he said that, my ability to consume X Y Z type of music is gives me like when I'm disconnected and I, whatever. That to me is such a clear indicator of where I am. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what music I can listen to yeah. in that moment, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It is, but yeah. it's. And I think it's one of the, it's like you're getting to know yourself, right? Totally. It's all about awareness. getting to know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Creating awareness. Creating, Creating awareness. awareness of, right? I, yeah. And that's, that's funny you say that because sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to put this playlist. I'm going to put this mantra. I'm like, I'm going to turn that thing off. Yeah. Yeah. Nada. See, see. I just want silence. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, oh, and shit, I, it's and bad. it's, it's, it's bad been right such now. a trip analyzing what I'm feeling or what happened and what I can listen to in that moment and why. Yeah. It becomes this awesome puzzle to like unravel. Yeah. Um, since he said that, he, I was like, oh my God, it's a thing. Yeah. Your ability to consume certain media yeah. or music, it's or music. a thing. And it's, a, and it's such a, it's like this, this, the disconnection and the connection. Right. When I'm, totally. when I'm this, like you said, I can't connect sometimes with my family. I can't connect. I mean, I see that. I'm here with kids, with Julio, with my dad, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't deal. And then I'll be two hours later, oh, abrazándolos, I see. And it's um, and it's all the, I think it's it's all in the wiring. It's like the way we're wired, and the because it's trauma. Trauma is a disconnection. Yeah. And connection is when you're able to, okay, soothe the nervous system, aesthetically pleasing things, mm-hmm. water, exercise, you know. And then all of a sudden, after I do these things, oh, okay, yeah, I can listen to the mantras. Yeah. I can be in my body. And when I'm in my body and aware of it, then I can be like, oh, Marcela. Instead sí, of like, claro. oh, esta morra. what? You know, in this whole, it's just, this is just, um, it's so simple. Yeah. And it used to sound so woo-woo years ago, but now I'm like, no, we're like these little machines. We're electrical beings. Yeah. And depending on the electricity, the power, how much gasoline you put into it, water, oil, you know, when you balance everything out nutritionally, 
you balance everything out breath wise, yeah. you know, and you balance everything out with the energetics of it and what you're putting in and what you're putting out. And then all of a sudden you don't need the antidepressant anymore. Totally. Or and you have the platform to try and get rid of it and see, you know, totally. And I think, and I think another thing, a couple of things came to mind when you were discussing that is that I would like to see addressed more, like specifically what that means to women. Like, I don't understand mm. what it means to us differently hormonally, but I remember once I posted, it also was one of those things where I got a massive, like, it, like flooded with DMs that I was like, when Philip is anxious, he's like, put on my sneakers and run. And he comes back and you can physically see it like in his face. He's a different person. Yeah. When I am anxious, I am not able to put on my yoga pants. Yeah. And I thought that was just me and his, just our dynamic. Or me as a human and him as a human. Like he, yeah. when he's anxious, he is able to to go seek yeah. that physical exercise that will, you know, como Expand como exactly energy. like como 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 like opening the pipe and letting it out. Right. For me, it's like a snowball. The sadder I get, or the darker it gets, the harder it is for me to to get out to actually go out and do it. Yeah. And when I posted that, I was like, it is exactly the same for me. And I was like, I wish there was like more literature on this. Like, yeah. why is it that they aren't able to just, to just, and maybe because men are, are can be more pragmatic and, may, and we have to be a little more hormonal, whatever. There's a very clear difference between men and women. Mm -hmm. I believe that with every inch of my being, I think we function differently, mm -hmm. which is cool. Um, like, I think that part isn't addressed either. Like, if I am not in a good state of mind, I can't even start to tackle that list because yeah. that list even seems overwhelming. Yeah. And it's that's not the same for him, you know. And it's such a marked difference. And like I said, I thought it was just very specific to us and our profile and prototype of life. But I got a, a, a crazy amount of messages yeah. that were like, I'm the same. Yeah. My husband can go to the gym or go boxing or do his thing. And I am unable. I am unable. Yeah, I mean, there's... And, you know, maybe I should have um, Conecta Contigo come back out here again and talk about it, too, because she does all the women's cycles. Mm. That we have, you know, we're tied into the moon and the cycles and the hormones and but um, in such a different way of processing everything yeah. different than the men. Crazy. But I also think that it's easier for the man to run out the door and go running than for the woman that has three little babies. Totally. So culturally, too, totally. the support group is... That's another one. And then the third one might just be also that um, we have more to, I think we have more as a, I mean, it's, it's the same as the cultural one. We have more that we have to deal with than the men do. I don't see that many men with Hashimoto's or autoimmune things or the thyroid because they're, and that's like a, such a woman thing. Yeah, of course. Culturally, know? we're told to shut up. And Absolutely. To come home from work, even though both people are working, and the dude gets to sit there and watch the news, and over here, well, there's dinner, there's laundry, there's the lunches for the kids, or you know, like all of these. And even if you're a hardcore independent woman and you have a partner that helps you, I do. I was gonna say, which I disclaimer, do too, yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. I got a good one. Yeah. Um, there's still a part of the programming chip. Yeah. That says I need to be doing more. And I need to be taking care of my and mommy. Totally, and I think, <laughs> and I think, when you said that, I was like, yeah, something clicked in my mind. A lot of my personal anxiety is tied to my children's well-being and my role as a mother. Mm -hmm. And 
obviously Philip feels like, like, claro, he adores the kids, whatever. Yeah, of course. Of course he worries about the kids. But I think he worries on a, in a, on a normal scale. I worry on a scale where I do not sleep. I cannot function. I'm thinking about them 24 hours a day. I need to work on that codependency. Like, I think it's a different um, anxiety that moms carry yeah. in connection to yeah. their children than the than any preoccupation that dad carries. I don't want to minimize their connection. I just think it's very different. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I know at least in our case, um, I need to work so much of my anxiety as a mom and how what percentage of that actually affects my levels of anxiety and it's large it's very large yeah i went on this girl's trip we went for five days to just sit at the beach and not do anything and one of the mantras was we're going to disconnect and we're going to let go of the kids and my kids are older now you're still your your kids are still little but even then it was like okay we're gonna disconnect. We're gonna disconnect, and it's, it's it was so hard to do when they were little. I was yeah. just like, no, you know, I can't. But there's there is there is this. I don't know if it's a natural thing, a codependent thing, a trauma bond. But I'll be freaking out about something, and Julio may say, "We'll just be like, they're gonna be fine. They have to grow. They have to do the thing." Totally. I'm like, but, but what if? Totally. No, so totally. That, Wait, the same thing. It's like both of us like to exercise in the morning. And I'm concerned that and we, we're, we, we have a housekeeper, so we could both leave in the morning at the same, which is great. Mm-hmm. And leave and they're, they're fine. They're protected. Fausto's there. I get anxiety. That you have to get back. That I have to get back. Or that if we both leave at the same time, Anna will wake up and not immediately see anybody. And she has to run to the other side of the house to look for, you know what I'm saying? Like I do like an entire like military operate scenario in my head. (laughs) And he's putting on his sneakers like when he's out the door and he's not wrong. They're safe. The kids are safe, Mm -hmm. right? He never, he's never at a space where, uh, he's, you know, le vale madre. And the, the kids are always safe, but even with them being safe, I still get the anxiety, which he doesn't. And sometimes do. I still want to be like him. You know? I think it's my abandonment trauma or something. Because I, like, when Paula was little, maybe she was a year and a half, and I had to go to this training for work. I had to fly to Portland. And everybody was telling me, like, you're going to have so much fun. You don't have to cut little pieces of food and feed the baby. And I literally wrote her a letter in case I died. See, me muero. So me. I mean, I know. I know. Julio's like, what the hell? And I'm like, it's because if I die, she's going to be an orphan. I send them WhatsApps every, I'll post the WhatsApp every time I get on a plane. In yeah. case. Yeah. Just in case. Just in case. I, I love just, you. Thank you for teaching you know. me as your mom. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, well. I think we carry, I'm not going to say names, but I follow this one, and that's another thing. Like, I need more literature on seeking enlightenment when you're a mom because... <laughs> Jesus, that's it. You just need more moms. I think we're too alone. Yeah. And too, like, over here I'm with my kids. You know, more... A hundred percent. Community village of... A hundred percent. But there's this person that I that I admire so much. I admire her work. I've read her books, the whole thing. And um, obviously the books are about, like, self you know, self-realization and visualization and uh, gratitude and all of the things that just make your life better. And it wasn't until she had her child that she experienced deep depression. 
-hmm. and that in the first for the first time in her life had to take medication Mm -hmm. something that she never spoke against but you got a very clear idea in the books that there was another path Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until she became a mother that that became the only solution Mm -hmm. which is understandable you just Mm got to do what you need to do to Mm -hmm. keep yourself here and alive Mm -hmm. and well you know and to take care of that kid and to take care of that child but what i'm saying is this motherhood path and things that are so like the last the first thing that goes when things get tumultuous at home is my is my yoga (laughs) that's the first thing that goes like i haven't been in a week because there's graduations there's uh end of recitals there's yes yes, there's all of these things and Mm -hmm. the first thing to go is my yoga because the kids yeah and i think that part and you know i'm not gonna lie sometimes i i I feel resentment not towards them but towards life because i want to go on that retreat Mm -hmm. you know right now there's seasons you know there's seasons there's seasons but i'm like how am i supposed to approach this thing when i just I, I, I'm, you know, I'm literally making sure these humans don't die. Don't die. And And also that they feel, you know, like for me, the pendulum has switched over the other way. Like, okay, you know, quiero. I don't want them to struggle with any of the things that I struggled emotionally. Because I mean, physically I was safe. I had the schools, the trip, whatever, family laughter. But emotionally, like being attuned with the kids. Yeah. And then I'm over here like being 150% extra. A tune, no? D- dropping everything for, uh, just so that, I don't know, like there's this guilt, I don't even know where I went with that, but it's it's hard to be a freaking mom, it, it, is all I'm saying. It's <laughs> just a hard balance, and it's, it, and, and it's not, it's not, speaking of kids, I have to leave in 15 to get Anna, um, okay. but it's not... I read, I have all of their books. I have the Tibetan book for living and dying, the biography of a yogi. I've read all of them. De los más grandes maestros. No one ever talks about being a mom. Yeah. And what that means. we got to read woman books. I know. Maybe you can give me some recommendations. Like, I would love to read about seeking that, you know, I know I need 7,500 more lives or a million to reach (laughs) that enlightenment. I get it, but... What, uh, is, what even is enlightenment? You got to do that every day. I mean, it's not like day. you read something and then boom. Yeah, no, but like, I think what I'm trying to say is motherhood should be proposed as a path to, not as an right. obstacle. Yeah. And I really want to be able to make that connection yeah. in my brain and in my body. Because yeah. a lot of the times it feels like an obstacle. Yeah. And I do, and I have sought out information and literature that tells me those moments that you're really struggling with that is your journey right that is the the challenge (laughs) that is the path that's where the growth will be for you so dive into that instead Mm of trying to get on that plane to go on that retreat your path and your growth is going to be here with this that you're feeling as a struggle Mm -hmm. right um i posted about that the other day i said sometimes i have literally asked like god in the universe like i'm not I'm not good at this and I'm failing at this in Mm. terms of being a mom because it feels sometimes so hard Mm. and like I'm not doing the right thing in this very scary world for them. Um, I don't think you're alone in that. I mean, I think that once a week and my kids are 18 and 22. So it never stops. It never stops. (laughs) Damn it. I mean, you know, it stops to the degree where 
I tell myself and I allow myself to let it stop, you mm -hmm. know, and then I just say, this is the life, this is what it is, and it's seasons, right? There's seasons. My kids are now, and, and they still, you know, they have good moments. I don't have to worry about, are they going to get be scared if they wake up and I'm at the gym or yoga? Right, no? right, right. But there's different problems, you know, they're yeah. 18, they're 22, there's different, and they're, they're handling their emotions, you know, and the relationships with their boyfriend, with their girlfriend, it's like, oh. You don't ever want them to get hurt. At the same point, it's like, this is la vida. Claro. Um, but the seasons. But what I do want to say is, I think we're too hard on ourselves as moms. Totally. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, don't if you're not hitting your kid and you're not feeding him takis all day, you're a good mom. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it's the just, standards I'm just, setting. <laughs> just the mere questioning of your role as a yeah. mom, just by proxy, makes you a good mom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. just you. Wanting to be in a space of awareness where you're questioning your choices motherhood. and motherhood mm -hmm. and what your motivation is and what they're eating, just by questioning it, just by getting that. Alana is allowed to eat takis on Mondays yeah. <laughs> with her dance class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, but yeah. just by questioning it, just by questioning it, I think that in itself makes you a good mom. Yeah. You know. Yeah, y donde hay amor. I think for me the best thing would be because I'm you know now they don't make any takis they're older but when they were kids like whatever it took you know whatever it takes sometimes you get the whatever it takes when they're that tiny it's just being present yeah and I can't be present if I don't have my my water my exercise at least and sometimes when I can't even because I know a lot of you moms I just did this uh, meditation for for moms for um, the world needs your magic Janet Dominguez who has this home you know homeschool group, not even homeschool, unschooling group, this whole community and the moms know that no tienen tiempo. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, and so I did this meditation for them where you can do it anytime. Like you don't have to be at the yoga studio. You don't have to be sitting on the sofa for an hour. You just, you know, it's just walking aware of what I'm doing right now. Right now I'm speaking into the microphone. Right now mm -hmm. I'm looking at Marcela. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm getting really angry at the kid, but at least I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. To be present and attuned, I think it's just, when you can't do anything else on the list, just you know, just to be present, just to be noticing. I'm angry. Yes, I'm angry. Yeah. Or, or if you want to tackle what I like to say sometimes, um, when people, cause for someone that is in a, is in, is in the shitter and they read that list, it can <laughs> seem incredibly overwhelming. Yeah. So I literally Compassion. say, start with a glass of water a day. Yeah. Literally start with a glass of water a day and then move it to two glasses and then move it to three and then maybe add an electrolyte Yeah, then maybe add a walk yeah. Out, you know around your block around the block and Just tackle it inch by inch and the moment you see any kind of improvement That'll be a huge motivator to perhaps grab another number on that list. Yeah, right like Just I always say when people are like I don't know where to start. I literally say to them water Start I'm not an water. expert, but start with water. Yeah. Start with a gallon of water, yeah. you know, and see where that goes. Yeah. Gallon yeah. of water, electrolytes, and much compassion. Thank you, everyone. We need compassion. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Maybe we can put that list on the notes here. Yeah, for sure. people want to check it out. See? See? Right. See? We got to go get the kids. Got to go get the kids, man. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Tales of Recovery. Gracias, Marcela. Love coming here. Love you. Anytime. We love you, too. Okay, let's see. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.